0: Today's In Their Own Words takes you inside the Senate Judiciary Committee. Members heard testimony on Senate Bill 146. It's legislation seeking to revise certain provisions regarding eligibility for parole for people sentenced to life in prison.
1: Under consideration, Senate Bill 146, an act to revise certain provisions regarding eligibility for parole for certain persons sentenced to life in prison. And we're going to start with proponent testimony by the prime sponsor, Senator Rush.
2: Thank you, Madam Chair. May I remove my mask? Yes, you may. So this is a bill that that I prepared... um, you know, last year I prepared a bill that dealt with parole eligibility of people convicted of second-degree murder and, and manslaughter, and it didn't get very far before this. But, you know, really st- since then studied and uh, the, the issues and what some other states are doing, some of the, the research has been done on the effect of being young uh, and the, the kind of stupid decisions you make uh, when you're young. And I've talked to a lot of people, legislators and citizens since then about uh, whether they made uh, any stupid decisions when they were young, and most of them refused to answer. Um, (laughs) In doing this bill, what... um, did a couple of things. Um, number one, for special treatment of young people who had been convicted of a crime when they were under 25 years of age, because that seems to be the real, the cutoff line between which, when they can say that they really, uh, the brain has matured and, and when it's not. Um, it does something secondly, which is, I think, of major importance, and that it sets a time period of 25 years, minimum of 25 years, at which we can look back and see whether they've really turned their lives around and are rehabilitated or not. You know, if it was somebody, if they were 25 at the time when they committed the crime, then it would be 25. If they were 19, it could be up to 31 years before the parole board would look at it. It's not a jail, get out of jail free card either. It's uh, only be re- released if the parole board decides that they've been re- rehabilitated and that they're no longer dangerous. So let me go back. You know, in my 18 years on the bench, I sentenced thousands and thousands of people. And Sentencing is a difficult thing to do, and I spent last weekend um, reading some of the United States Supreme Court and South Dakota Supreme Court decisions on sentencing, but there are quite a few decisions about sentencing here in South Dakota, and in fact, on some of those, the Supreme Court has reversed uh, sentences that were imposed because the proper factors were not taken into consideration. And, you know, I think there's some real clear messages that are sent out by those Supreme Court decisions. First of all, the goals of sentencing are retribution, deterrence, both individual and general, rehabilitation, and incapacitation. But the Supreme Court also says that no one purpose is preeminent over all of the others. In other words, retribution is not preeminent over uh, rehabilitation. And rehabilitation is not preeminent over retribution. Um, Further, they went on to point out that a life sentence without parole deters the convict convict or defendant from committing crime and exacts retribution. But a life sentence completely eschews the goal of rehabilitation. So, anytime there's a life sentence, that the, the the court has abandoned rehabilitation as one of the goals of that that sentence. Uh, the the Supreme Court, in some of their cases, has further pointed out that a term of years allows for rehabilitation and allows a defendant hope. And in talking with some of the people that I know in in corrections, you know, having a a, a defendant or a prisoner who has hope that they might. Um, eventually be able to earn their release is a tremendous thing as far as motivating them to good behavior uh, in in the prison. Because if they don't have any hope, then then why behave? So I think that it's essential that we provide a tool or legal procedure where that evaluation and comparison can be done. And the difficulty with our existing laws right now is that the court can do that for a period of one year. 23A27 4.1 says that the judge can reevaluate and resentence somebody within one year of the time they're sentenced. Well, how can the court make a decision about whether the person is truly rehabilitated within one year? Uh, you know, that there just isn't enough opportunity, there just isn't enough time for the court to make that kind of an evaluation. Uh, only the passage of time will show whether the defendant is really amenable to rehabilitation. And at one year, we don't really have a good means of evaluating the defendant. So this bill of mine is a dramatic change from that. It gives a minimum of 25 years to look and see whether that person is amenable to rehabilitation. And it gives that power to make that decision to the board of pardons and parole. So, you know, I would ask you to uh to vote in in favor of this bill and and establish a procedure anyway to follow what the Supreme Court has said that um some that there needs to be an evaluation. Now, some people probably would tell you that 25 years is is too long, but like I say that this that should give a real good picture about whether they've been rehabilitated or not. So, thank you.
1: Committee questions? If none, then we'll, we'll move to opponent testimony in the committee room. Welcome, welcome, Mr. Attorney General. Members of the committee, Jason Ronsberg, Attorney General of South Dakota. So we took an honest look at this. Uh, our numbers showed that, and we're working with the parole, uh, Department of Corrections, we had 73 that we found uh, that were eligible out of those 73, uh, 33 were convicted of first degree murder, 20 for second degree murder, 11 for man one, and nine had other categories. And those other categories are a combination uh, of that uh, of murder, or manslaughter, or some kind of kidnapping, rape uh, combination. Just I don't want to minimize it since they're in an other category that they were any less. Out of those 73, then, 44 would be eligible under this bill. 24 of those would be for murder 1, so 24 out of the 44 would be for murder 1. Only 7 for second-degree murder, 8 for uh, man 1, and in 5 in another category. I would disagree that all of the people would wait 25 years. How the bill is written, it says when they committed the offense. For example, we have John Graham. John Graham was not convicted until he was 56 years old. And so he he committed his crime prior to 25, and he would have been immediately eligible for parole under this bill. I don't think anybody would argue that he'd obviously learned from it at that point. A number of them that you will find are also in their 30s, so it's not necessarily a 25-year period. It sometimes takes a while to catch the person, and obviously go through the court process to get a conviction. Some of them have been granted parole already. I would give you an example of Rocky Blair. Rocky was released from parole, and he abducted a victim in a, hotel, a hospital parking lot and raped and killed her within an hour. He was He's one convicted of man one. So again, the just because it's not murder one or murder two doesn't mean his crime wasn't horrible. Man one and also rape one. These, along with many other examples, show why I cannot support this bill. Thank you, Mr. Attorney General. Any other opponent testimony?
0: Madam Chair, members of the committee, uh, Aaron Shibe on behalf of the South Dakota State uh, Attorneys uh, Association. Uh, I would urge you to oppose uh, Senate Bill 146. Um, as you can expect, the state's attorneys are at the forefront of prosecuting cases uh, that are implicated in this change to law. Uh, I would submit to you that there's already a number of processes in place that adequately address the concerns uh, that are raised uh, for these offenders uh, under the age of 25. But I think the one thing that maybe hasn't been uh, discussed today that I do want to highlight is that there is, I think, uh, an interest on the part of society, on the part of victims, and a part of victims' families, uh, that there be uh, appropriate uh, sentencing in these types of cases. In many cases, in particular uh, obviously the murder cases, uh, the victims are not there uh, to speak uh, up for themselves in this process. And I think that that's something that should weigh on all of our consciences. Now, uh, Senator Rush in in his testimony did, I think, a a great job in in highlighting and really uh, painting the picture for the committee about all of the process and procedures and safeguards that are already in place through Supreme Court precedent, uh, both at the federal level as well as at the state level. Uh, to ensure uh, great latitude in sen- sentencing in these cases, uh, there are a number of avenues that are available uh, at a variety of different junctures to address cases in which an individual committed a- an offense below the age of 25 and then uh, later on demonstrates either rehabilitation or uh, you know, a changed circumstance. Uh, In in our view, we shouldn't create a a class of murderers who are eligible for parole. A life sentence should be a life sentence once it's imposed. So in conclusion, uh, Madam Chair, members of the committee, uh, for those reasons, I would urge you to oppose this change. Uh, It's an unnecessary change in our view at this point uh, and does not appropriately uh, respect the process and procedures that are already in place. Thank you. Senate Bill 146 passed in the Judiciary Committee. It was amended on the Senate floor and it was approved by the Senate on a vote of 18 to 17. Well, the measure now moves on to the House and you can hear the entire committee meeting at SD.net. Follow the South Dakota Legislature link in the Meeting Archives section.